Hi, everybody. Welcome to Commercial Real Estate Bosses, where we interview badass investors who are crushing it in the commercial real estate space. I'm your host, Sierra Hoffman. And on today's call, we have Kenny Wolf of Wolf Investments. So thank you so much for being on the show today. Absolutely. Thank you, Sierra. Appreciate it. Of course. So as usual, I always like to start off with your story. So tell us about your background. What did you do before and how did you get into commercial real estate? Sure. We're based in Dallas-Fort Worth and I mostly grew up in Texas growing up. And so as any good Texan, you go into oil, the oil and gas business. So that's what I did. I, I got an entry-level job as an accounting guy here in Dallas-Fort Worth for an oil and gas operator. Quickly moved up in the ranks. It was CFO at 28 years old on a spinoff company. And then from there, just grew that business pretty quickly in that next three, three and a half years or whatever it is. And then our sole client had money issues. So it was time to find another gig. But so what we did, my dad was an oil and gas and so was my uh, grandfather on my mom's side. So we come from a, a line of that and it's always feature fame. And so I wanted to find something different. Mm -hmm. yeah. uh, everything has cycles. Real estate has cycles for sure, but nothing has cycles like oil and gas. Uh, yeah, sure. Anyway, so it was really, I asked around, asked a trust fund kid. She was a family friend. What do you, and, and she was a little older. I asked her like, I want to be like you when I grow up, uh, <laughs> how, how do I do that? And then she mentioned investing in apartments and that was a big kind of aha moment for me. Did a lot of research. I uh, went passive into investments to kind of learn the ropes because I've come mm -hmm. from oil and gas accounting. And then my third deal, I put together a 76 unit acquisition multifamily deal here in Dallas, Fort Worth uh, in Wiley, Texas and with 13 other investors. And that was the most challenging deal raise you'll do as your first deal. So we had those folks join and then really from there it's quick to go. The next was 133 unit deal I, I put together six months later and it just grew and grew. So now we've done over 8,000 units in six states. We're vertically integrated. We bought the management company about seven years ago now. I have an in-house construction company as well to get more control over all that, which definitely has helped through all the supply chain stuff we've had to work mm -hmm. through the past couple of years. Um, For sure. So, and it was a lot of growth there. Uh, right now, we're down to Texas, Ohio, Oklahoma, and Georgia, uh, where we operate multifamily um, assets. Uh, we're actively buying right now in Texas. Uh, we, we were looking in Ohio and Georgia as well on that front. And then six years ago, added two arms of the company, one of those being triple net. So we own $54 General CVS Walgreens. That's auto parts, those high credit stores, 16 different states. And then we we buy those that created a fund. Now we're on fund five of those. So it's done really well. Our investors love those for the monthly cash flow. And then the opposite of monthly cash flow is development. So we do, yeah. well, we're going for big growth there. So we had investors that wanted that as well. So we do ground up multifamily. Right now we've got projects in Texas and Ohio. And then we fell into buying vacant or mostly vacant office buildings in downtown mm -hmm. locations and turning those into A-class apartment buildings. A little nice. bit of mixed use on the bottom floor, retail restaurant. Uh, but 95% of the billings are typically uh, A-class multifamily. Nice. So you've been in this business for a very long time. You got started in, what, 2010? Right. Right? Yeah. So you have a lot of experience. You've done all these different types of asset classes from multifamily to triple net and ground up development. So we've never had someone on the show talk about or be invested in triple net. So can you tell us more about that for our listeners who've never heard of that before? What are some of the benefits of sure. that asset class compared to others? So we initially started out as a multifamily investor and, and, and sending out offerings for existing multifamily assets uh, to our investors. We had some that wanted more of a monthly stable cash flow. Now for folks that know it, multifamily, that it's operational heavy, you have peaks and, you know, peaks and valleys over the quarter. 
we do quarterly payments on our multifamily assets, but they go up and down month to month because you have to chase rent, you have to fix toilets. We had folks that wanted to take that operational risk out, but still had a good stable monthly cash flow return to them. And so what we did mm-hmm. was I went out and created a fund to buy. Initially, we were buying dollar stores. So that first fund was only seven. Um, it was a couple of dollar generals, family dollar and dollar tree for the seven stores. But what that proved out to our investors were one, those parent companies, the publicly traded companies guarantee the lease. You're going to get paid rent. So you're not chasing rents. And then they take care of 90 to sometimes hundred percent of the operational expenses as well. They reimburse us for property taxes. They reimburse us for insurance. We don't have that big exposure like we do at multifamily. And so your rent's going to come in, but your operational expenses for the most part, your mortgage, those are the three things. And then almost exactly what your monthly cash flow is going to be, because there's not much other expenses beyond that. And so that creates a very stable, steady cash flow deal uh, for mm-hmm. you, for our investors. And so we hit about an 8%, sometimes 9%, depending on the fund and timing and all that, what goes into it, annual cash on cash, but paid monthly. And it's like clockwork. I mean, Dollar General pays on the 28th of the month and for the first of the month rent. So it's beautiful. It's real mailbox money. And then uh, <laughs> uh, we, we digest all that on the accounting side and then get monthly distributions out around the 20 to 25th of the month, depending on the weekend there. Mm-hmm. And really, it's just a way to, it strips out the operational risk of that multifamily brings. The mm-hmm. downside, because if you have monthly beautiful income, what, what's the downside? What are you giving up to get that monthly stable income? And it's really the appreciation piece. So like our last fund, the average lease term was 7.2 years. So not 12 months, like 7.2 years, right? Yeah. So that's a blessing and a curse because yeah. your rent's going to be for the next 7.2 years at mm-hmm. X, right? So right. you can't capture any more inflation like we can on multifamily, right? And that can drive your valuation up. So yeah, so there, there's probably a little bit less appreciation you're going to make on these, but we're still shooting to hit about a 15, 16% annual return before appreciation. And then on also on the appreciation piece, we don't have as many levers like a multifamily, right? So we can, in multifamily, we can drive that NOI up by increasing mm-hmm. revenue, making expenses more efficient. We can really drive the NOI and then drive our appreciation. It's really hard to do on triple net. We've done it a few times and we mix yeah. one, you know, those blend and extend to use some jargon properties in our portfolio. But at the end of the day, really our investors are investing in this for the monthly cash flow. So we mix in a few of those where we can pull some levers, really yeah. one lever you have to pull on those. Yeah. And then to boost the cash flow return to get a refi on those. Got it. So it really just depends on the investor's level of risk, what they're willing to take on as risk. And are the returns similar between the two assets? I mean, multifamily is going to be a little bit higher because you're going to have more appreciation, right? And um, so the return, the total returns are probably a little bit higher on multifamily. Um, but it, for multifamily, again, you're giving up or you're, you've got some operational exposure there, risk, right? So that's the downside to multifamily. But at the end of the day, you'll make more on multifamily deal total returns. Mm-hmm. But again, if you want to roll around in your yeah. um, RV, set at the beach, um, these triple net assets or double <laughs> net assets. And it's always good to have a diversified portfolio. So, you know, it's good to be invested in more than one asset class sure. as well. So tell me about what your portfolio looks like today as far as assets under management, numbers of units, that kind of thing. Sure. So we are at 675 million assets under management today. We should be past the 1 billion mark by the end of the year. Wow. Uh, yeah, so we're growing fast. My goal for the company actually in 2019, 10-year goal was to hit a billion mm-hmm. by 2029. So we're wow. a little off schedule. <laughs> good. Which is good, right? Yeah. It really was, it really what really moved the needle was us doing these now 10 
of these office building conversions to mm-hmm. multifamily. We're making a lot of value there. So those assets yeah. are at least worth a hundred thousand, a hundred million each. And they're, they're pretty big deals. And anyways, we're excited about those, but we've done over 8,000 units. We're down to about 4,500 today, but we've got about another 4,500. We're either building ground up or converting from office. So we're, we should be yeah. back up about our 9,000 mark here, probably in the next 12 months or so. Perfect. And I like how you're taking advantage of these office conversions. I think probably due to COVID, a lot of these buildings are like, there's a lot of vacancy now, right? In these sure. big office buildings. So was COVID an accelerator for that business model? Yeah. And so like before COVID, most um, downtown uh, locations in all of U.S. bigger cities were 33% vacant. Um, so even before COVID, we had too much office buildings, right? COVID just sped that up. And so what happened now, folks are, some folks are coming back to the office. It's not going to fully die. Um, I'm actually one of the ones that actually expanded our office space during COVID. I'm a rare bird, I guess, but we were growing. So we needed the space. Um, But we we do have definitely have more office than we need. The the really interesting thing right now is we're starting to see the office foreclosures pick up. And we were contacted by a hedge fund out of off the East Coast about taking on a few of their, not, I shouldn't say failing, I guess they're occupied office buildings that they're pretty nervous about just because they're not seeing uh, the folks move back in like they thought they would. And to those specific buildings, mm-hmm. we can't do all of them because not every office building is, is a candidate, um, but we can get creative on most mm-hmm. uh, to make them work. Just depends on the price of the deal and all that. But now, yeah, so we're starting to see, and then a lender reached out that they foreclosed on an office tenant and uh, office um, owner and came directly to us to go to do the uh, conversion. So we're starting to see that really pick up. So mm-hmm. I think us being a little ahead of the curve three years yeah. ago, buying the first one uh, yeah. and having these units come online here pretty soon. We've got a lot of experience where a lot of folks don't about getting these really across the line because mm-hmm. it's a lot of, it's a lot harder to do than a ground up multifamily. But at the same time, we end up with about a 50000 to $100,000 lower basis per unit on something that was built in A-class right in the same location in a downtown location. So we were getting this lower basis because we're repurposing these buildings. Um, can reuse yeah. the, the windows and the roof sometimes, the elevators. There's a lot of stuff we can reuse. Uh, and it also speeds up our construction timeline as well. So there's a lot of perks about doing it. It's all about plumbing and getting, making sure uh, you have capacity to take all the, a lot more showers and toilets out of the <laughs> building. So. Yeah. Are there any difficulties with zoning or having to convert like that portion oh, of it sure. from office to multifamily? Is that a big uh, hurdle? So for the states that uh, states and cities that we're operating in, no, we actually looked at two or three buildings in downtown Chicago, awesome views, beautiful buildings, but talking to the locals there and some of the GCs to get, to do a rezoning would have added mm-hmm. 18 months, two years. Wow, wow. So that's, that, there's just no way we have these office conversions right now going in Texas, um, Ohio and Georgia. And in those cities where we're at, we don't have to rezone. We have to get permits okay, to get yeah. on, on that side of it, but we don't have to rezone, which is a huge benefit. So usually we can get going within six months or less. If it's just a permit, it's pretty, pretty quick. And cities are really excited about this, about us mm-hmm. converting because they have these zombie buildings just taking <laughs> up. Yeah. It makes the downtown look much nicer when you don't have a bunch of vacant buildings and things like that. Right. So you're helping to beautify the downtown as well. Yeah. And another thing too, because we're, I call it the ultimate upcycle. We haven't done the calculation yet. I have our GCs hopefully given me some kind of calculation, but uh, the amount of materials that we're saving by repurposing these buildings is absolutely mm-hmm. huge. Yeah. That's a huge kind of, a huge extra benefit that we like up here. 
at Wolf Investments is, should we get to recycle something and create an A-class product with a lot less material? Mm -hmm. Perfect. Now, speaking about that, just for some of our listeners who are newer, can you explain the difference between an A-class, B-class, C, and D-class property, and maybe some pros and cons in what you normally invest in? Sure. So we're one of the rare companies that claim that we, that or that admit that we buy D-class assets. Uh, and, and we say D-class and they are rough properties, but they're in real like B or A-class neighborhoods. So mm-hmm. bought one here in DFW about a year and a half ago, but it was definitely a D. So a D-class is, I tell folks, it, it's one where you want to lock the doors in the middle of the day and, and get out of there. C-class is that it's during the day, it's fine, but at night you want to lock the doors and get out of there. Mm-hmm. B-class is nice day or night. And then A-class is something like really high rent, either new or in a really great location. Our D-class, we try to take to a B or A-class and, and upgrade them to a B or A. Mm-hmm. So they don't say D-class for long is really the goal. In our C-class, we try to take to a C, what we, we call a C-plus. We actually do plus and minuses. Really show that we put money back into the assets and make it a nice place for folks to live. But the real way to tell if you're an A-class and a D-class is if you compare the relative rents. If you're getting like if you're getting the highest rents in town, you're probably mm-hmm. an A-class. If you're getting the lowest rents in town, you're probably a D-class. Mm-hmm. And it all really comes down to probably uh, the best way to look at it as a perfect basis. Because uh, even a year, you can't do mm-hmm. that. There's some stuff here in East Dallas. There's a lot of stuff built in the late 80s that no one in their mo- right mind would call a D-class. They're just really rough, right? So it matters who, the, the rents and the type of uh, residence you have there. Awesome. Now, your company has grown a lot over the years. You're continuing to grow. What is driving you? What's your motivation behind all of this growth and your why? Sure. Really now I get to do this for fun. I was able to retire at the age of 32. So I started at 28 and built up enough passive income and everything to retire. But as my wife knows, I don't sit still very well on a beach, Um, (laughs) maybe an hour in the hammock, maybe. And then I'm walking around trying to do real estate deals. They're all (laughs) vacationing. So it's just not in me. I I enjoy what we do up here. I love coming to the office. To me, it's not work and I'm blessed to do that. But really the why is really we're making big impacts not just on the communities that we touch and turn around, whether it's the office buildings or taking a D to a B or whatever it is, we have a big impact on the communities that we're involved in and the residents there. We're also creating jobs for either construction guys, folks up here at our office on the management side, and then our investors, we're helping them get to where they want to be and what they need to be for their financial goals and, and retirement. So it's really kind of a three-pronged approach as we try to make it a win-win mm-hmm. for everybody involved. Perfect. So I want to switch gears a little bit and go into one of the deals that you have done, maybe a recent one, your first one, or maybe a a really difficult one. And just walk us through how the deal was found, how you guys acquired it. What were some challenges that you had to overcome? And uh, where is that property at today? Sure. So actually, I'm a firm believer in holding real estate for as long as you can. And so we actually own my first syndication deal today. We sold some others. We've gone full cycle on, I think, 15 now, but. We still have this first one today. It's a very small investor group. It's only 13 of us, like I said before. But when we bought that, you could still find deals on the market. So at that time, early in 2010, 2012, in that kind of time frame, the issue wasn't finding the deals and, and the right cap rates. It was finding the money. It was mm-hmm. like, can you raise the money and can you find the debt? Which I feel like we're in today. That's a yeah. <laughs> issue today. But now it's to deal flow. Back then it was easy to find. These things were on the market. We bought this thing at 1980 one construction and phase two is 82. But, and so I definitely it couldn't a, a B class asset here in Dallas, Fort Worth, where we bought it for an eight and a half cap rate on the market. 
and people are probably afforded by that now. But, and I say that, I think this is a good one to know because we've done a refi on it twice and we have 550% back to investors already. Wow. Uh, we still cash those every quarter. So there's really a lot of folks out there teach that they want to sell these every two, three years, five years, whatever it is. Mm -hmm. And, and we get that sometimes it is time to sell. But to have an asset where we have 550% of our money out of the deal and it still cash flows every quarter is a powerful deal. One of the big challenges was we had a huge hailstorm about six years ago at that property, like softball size hail, biblical wow. size. I mean, it was so bad. We had 96 spots where it went through the decking of the roof into the unit. There were holes like through plywood. And so this is how bad it was. <laughs> um, it tore up the, the hardy plank, which is a cement board for those that don't know. We had divots in that, but it took out about half of our air, air conditioner units. Obviously, the roofs were all shot. We had to replace Crazy. about half the windows and sliding glass doors. And so no one was hurt, thank goodness. So that was good. All the residents were fine. We're safe. But the insurance company paid about 10 grand a unit on that asset to get us brand new siding, brand new paint, brand new roof. They replaced half of the AC units at the property because they were damaged. The windows were paid for. So we have basically this brand new, not brand new, a lot of capital went into create and building back our property. And we got a benefit from that, from the insurance claim and really just kept riding the rents that continue to grow here in Dallas, Fort Worth. So there was really no reason to sell at this point because we kept doing a refi and pulling free cash out. I love that. Yeah. If it's cash flowing, it's making you money. You've got your money back that you put into it times five and a half. So no right. reason to sell, right? right? Perfect. So what is your company working on right now? And what is next for you all? Really, I think this year it's going to be very slow just in general on uh, deal flow for existing multifamily. You're just not seeing a lot out there. I probably yesterday got, no joke, five calls from brokers trying to drum up business for themselves to sell some. <laughs> it's slow. It's slow for them. And it's just not a great time to be selling real estate unless you just are under some kind of partnership dispute or your loan. But even if your loan's up, there's no reason to sell right now unless you just really had some kind mm -hmm. of weird happen with the partnership or whatever. And you can refi yeah. as long as you're a good operator and have your property stable. You can refi mm -hmm. and get out of these any kind of bridge loans that you were in. We fortunately bought rate caps on all of our deals. And so we don't really have an issue with that. We're not as cash flow heavy as I would like, but we're working on getting these refied into Freddie, Fannie, maybe even some HUD loans in there too to get the cash flow back up again to the investors. But really, so existing multifamily is going to be tough to come by. There's not a lot on the market because especially now, everybody's not with, I think this SVB thing is a blessing in disguise for us real estate folks, because I think it woke the Fed up that they need to stop raising interest rates. And now there's even talk of them cutting rates uh, as early as January, which I'm excited about personally. Everybody, if you're invested on the hard assets, inflation's not a bad thing is all I'm going to say. Not all bad. So with the existing multifamily, very slow. I, I, I think uh, we've got one we're closing on Monday uh, here uh, in Houston. Uh, but other than that, it's going to be pretty slow. So uh, we've got a lot of development projects that we're looking at. I think these mm -hmm. office conversions are going to be keep us very, very busy. We just got shown a 750,000 square foot former office park for a Fortune 500 company in Georgia as a potential conversion deal, which is a lot of space. But I mean, they're coming. These office conversions are coming because if you signed a lease right before COVID, you have, your lease is about to start coming up because you sign five-year leases typically. And so these office owners are seeing mm -hmm. that writing on the wall. So they're going to have to make a move. So I think that's going to keep us very busy. And then our triple net arm should be very busy. We're seeing some really good cap rates on deals right now and can take advantage of that to build that portfolio up. Perfect. Sounds like you're going to continue to be busy. And I love that. Yeah. Thanks. So 
Thank you so much for being on the show today. Where is the best place people to find you online if they want to learn more about you and what you do? Absolutely. So our website is probably the best place. So wolf with an E-investments.com. We also have a YouTube channel. I put out an educational video every week. So that's out there as well. We do have some pretty cool HGTV style before and after videos of our properties up there. So if you like that kind of stuff, check it out. Those are always fun to shoot. And then we're all over Facebook as well. So if you feel free to reach out there online. And then I speak at a lot of events nationally as well. So if you catch me at those, I'd love to meet you. And then we host the MFIM conference three times a year. We just had Houston in February. We had 750 people there. It's huge. We are the anti-guru group. We're not anti them. Some of those guys are our friends. We just don't have a guru sale pitch at the end. So it's just education and networking. Our next one is in San Francisco, taking the show on the road to the West Coast. And then it's looking like November 4th in Manhattan. Well, we'll have our East and West Coast there. And so should we have about three, 400 people there? We have national speakers come speak. We had Bob Helms come speak. Tell me right speak at our last few events. So uh, really cool to see them. And then we break out sessions on educational stuff like insurance. Uh, rehab CPAs are there. So anyways, that's another great place to reach out and get more education on investing in multifamily. Perfect. And we'll make sure to include links to all of that in the show notes below. So thanks everybody for tuning in today. If you guys enjoyed today's show, please write us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Every review helps us to be able to reach more and more people looking to get involved in commercial real estate. If you're looking to level up your investment game, join the Commercial Real Estate Bosses community. It's completely free and inside you will get access to our Passive Investing 101 Masterclass, as well as regular live trainings where you can ask questions and access to industry professionals and like-minded investors. Join for free today by going to crebosses.com slash join. That's crebosses.com slash join or click on the link below and I'll see you inside.